Hi, I'm Geeta and I'm Swati. Welcome to episode 10 of the Autism Everyday podcast. Today we're going to be talking about some FAQ or frequently asked questions. Some of you listeners sent in questions that were on your minds and we are going to get right into it and answer them. So, let's go. Okay, the first question that we're going to address today is the question that, you know, every parent asks particularly when they've just got a diagnosis for their child did i cause my child's asd was it something that i did or did not do you know that resulted in this in this condition um was it because i did not spend enough time with my child um did i not talk to him enough and stimulate him enough you know enough language stimulation is that why he's not vocalizing uh did i let him have too much screen time this is a very very common one uh, or was he not happy during the pregnancy or you know going back to um certain events or things that happened in pregnancy and saying is it because of that is it because of this the questions are endless but the answer is no you did not cause your child's asd it's natural to try and peg it down to one of the two parents and start a blame game and we've seen a lot of this particularly when there are extended family families um you know joint families living together and there'll always be somebody from the older generation pointing fingers at one side or the other but i mean it's just a blame game the truth is there is gen- some genetic evidence that you know asd is caused by certain genetic components but nothing has been clearly scientifically proven yet it's it's all over there are things but nothing has been proven and feelings of guilt are normal feelings of grief normal it's like you know even a it's like a loss or what would otherwise have been a normal child so it's 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 very difficult i mean i know it it uh, it's a new way to look at childhood and parenthood because you you decided to have a baby with a set of expectations and then this happens yeah but the moot point is no you did not cause your child's asd it's something the child is born with yeah the next question we got is can my child ever become normal can he live a normal life um so the easiest way i would you know think about this is that normal is like a setting on your washing machine <laughs> on some level i don't think anybody has a a normal in quotes child right looking back i don't know if i would meet the criteria of normal but what we do know and what is scientific is an average range of milestones that typically developing children meet that's true and if your child does not meet that average range then he may have delays or differences But I understand your question and while yes your child will not in all probability be grouped with that average range of typically developing children the disorder autism spectrum disorder um means that no two kids with ASD are the same they're all different which means that their trajectories are different their abilities their skills their deficits everything looks different there is the same when you know one person with asd you only know one person with asd <laughs> you don't know the spectrum at all 
So it really depends on your child's developmental trajectory and that sort of determines what he may or what he may not be able to do. Yeah. Going further, right? Yeah. yeah. So the next question we got is what will my child's future be like? And this is a very uh, difficult one to answer. Absolutely. Right? right? Because if you really ask the parent of a typically developing child, he may not have the answer either. See, you can want and dream for a certain path for your child, for sure. But there is no telling that he will walk that path. And that is very true for parents of neurotypicals as well. Absolutely. No one can tell, right? So back to children with ASD, what you can do is what we can tell you. And what you can do as a parent is provide them with evidence-based intervention, a loving and secure home, and begin working as early as possible on all the skills they'd require to live an independent and fulfilling life. So, next question. Does pollution cause ASD? I lived in a polluted city when I was pregnant and does that attribute to this disorder? Uh, no, this is an easy one. Pollution causes respiratory issues and skin problems, but it definitely does not cause ASD. Um, then, of course, there are some, um, the next question is about some other so-called cures for autism, including uh, biomedical intervention, camel milk, um, Ayurveda, I mean, there's just so many things, right? Um, so, no, autism is not a disease, first up, and if it's not a disease, it cannot be cured. It's a disorder affecting the brain and the nervous system and causing the child to react differently to certain stimuli from that of a typically developing child. So the best thing that you can do is provide, you know, evidence-based treatments so that the child is being set up for best possible outcomes and start your interventions as early as possible. Everything else that you may want to do may be an adjunct, but it cannot be the main um, um, main intervention that you're going to do, right? You can you can do, you know, medic bi- biomedical intervention. Any of those things are there by the side, but you can never give a miss to evidence-based intervention. So um, the next question we I have, we have here is: Will my child ever be able to talk? Now, that's again a question for which there is no definitive answer. Mm -hmm. There is no surefire way of knowing if a particular child will be able to talk. Some children on the spectrum develop speech, but don't necessarily use the speech to communicate. Right? I mean, so often we hear of kids who sing nursery rhymes, Mm. um, who say numbers, alphabets, and so on and so forth. But... They don't communicate when they want something they still end up pulling the parents hand so it's not that they cannot talk like they're able to make sounds and produce words but they're not using those words to communicate so they say random things but they're not using the words when they need to tell you something or ask for something then there are some other kids on the spectrum who develop speech and also use the speech to communicate And there is a small segment that never really develops any speech at all. So what is doable is communication, Mm -hmm. no matter whether the child is talking or not. You can use applied behavior analysis to train your child to communicate, which means he could vocally communicate or use sign language or 
the picture exchange communication system to talk to you there are many many options and possibilities as long as we are aware of the difference between speaking and communicating the next question is should my child write the open exam the nios or uh, you know what is the academic school completion exams so there is no simple answer to that i think we're going to have to ask the parent back a few more questions does your child cognitively comprehend enough in order to learn and write that exam and second question will the completion certificate assist him to live a fulfilling and independent life or will it help him in any way beyond the symbolism of having completed school so those are questions that you have to ask yourself and you know think about it and i think you'll have your answer for that question should my child write the exam and also there's a podcast that we did earlier yeah. on schooling and ASD and hopefully this answer and that podcast together will give you a yep. clearer picture yeah <laughs> um another question that reached us is my child is 8 and now i'm worried you know that should i have done much more when he was younger there is a sense of panic setting in now that he's 8 and how do i deal with this Uh, this is so true right i mean when a child is say two and a half or three then the deficits that are caused by autism do not look so alarming after all there are many uh, typically developing kids of two and a half three uh, who may not be talking in full sentences or who may be lisping over some words it sounds cute right when mm-hmm. children have that way of talking or who may have behaviors like you know pulling hair or uh, pushing other kids or um having a little tantrum instead of appropriately <laughs> communicating and so the child with autism at 2 and 1/2 in 3 does not really look any too different from other children and it's easy for the parent to brush aside advice about how every day is critical because the child is so young and there is so much time and you know he doesn't look really really different from the others but once a child turns 5 it's like a little milestone in our heads suddenly it seems like he's very different from the other typically developing children the differences become starker more evident and it's hard for the parent to continue to say that my child is young and that there is so much time and this is when it it actually really starts hitting you mm-hmm. but that being said even if the parent has been diligent when the child was young this sense of anxiety does catch up with most parents once a child is beyond 6 years of age it's like you're racing against time true but having said that it's never too late 8 is definitely earlier than 10 and 10 is definitely earlier than 14 and you want to ensure that he is learning what he must and that every effort is being made to enable him in the right direction because by now the trajectory becomes a little clearer and the need to be functional in whatever you're teaching is not a matter of choice it's mandated i hope that answers that question appropriately yeah so next up um we have a listener who says Um, I'm nervous that society may say mean things about my child and my family. 
right now all they can see is that he's not talking but he's only three so what is the way ahead this is um, a very important question because I'm sure a lot of you tuning in are facing this and um, it's, it's great that it's out in the open and we can talk about it so it actually brings us to the question of how many families are willing to be open and willing to tell their friends and extended family members that, hey, my child is different. He has different needs. He has something called autism, you know. Interestingly, we asked a group of parents with children with ASD and their kids were, you know, between three and eight. And we asked them if they had told their extended family and friends and their, you know, circle about their child being on the spectrum. And surprisingly, most of them hadn't. The point here is not to worry about what people will think or what society at large is going to think because at the end of the day, really, as a parent, your concern lies with enabling your child and being your child's advocate. So you, in turn, can educate people about autism. It's fine, somebody doesn't know about autism, so you be that person giving them that information. This is something that most people don't even know anything about. So you can be that change maker. Remember, once your child starts getting older, the difference, like we mentioned, become more evident. And there's really no hiding the truth beyond that. So let's start today and let's tell somebody about autism. Yeah. You know, that that takes me back to when I first got into this, this field of working with children with autism. Yeah. And a couple of my friends had young kids with autism. And um, there was this one mom. Mm -hmm. Um, So we used to go out, right? Um, I mean, she had no place to leave her child. So she had to go shopping. She had to take the child along. And uh, I mean, it was fairly evident that the child had autism because he would make these sounds once in a way. And he would have this odd rocking motion sometimes. Um, and um, yeah, but she would take him out everywhere. And honestly, I would kind of feel, you know, a little awkward sometimes. But mm-hmm. I always admired her ability to to just take her child wherever that's so she amazing. went, and and not give a damn about mm-hmm. anything that's around her, or you know, about people looking at her or something. And that was something I really, really admired, and I wish. More parents were like that. Really. Yeah, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah. So that wraps up our question answer round for today. Do write in to us at wechallengeautism at gmail.com with your feedback, your questions and your thoughts. Or you can DM us at wechallengeautism on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. Stay safe and see you next time.